This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. You're trying to watch your weight, so fast food is out. But what about other restaurant choices? A nutritionist says most of them will overfeed you, too. We'll have this story. I have a PhD in nutrition. I'm a nutrition researcher. And I could not tell, looking at these plates, which ones had 2,000 calories and which ones had 1,000 calories. Then, modern technology can be a blessing and a curse. A security expert says hackers can now attack you in new and different ways. Insecure as our desktop and laptop computers are, these new objects that we are connecting to the Internet are even less secure, and most folks don't understand the risk. Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Trying to trim your waistline can be tough if you like dining out. And it's not just fast food that makes you fat. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talks with a nutrition expert to get you some helpful advice. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Susan Roberts, Ph.D., Director of the Energy Metabolism Laboratory at the Gene Mayer USDA Human Nutrition Research Center on Aging at Tufts University in Boston, and she was the lead author of the study. Dr. Roberts, how often do Americans eat out? Americans eat out a huge amount these days. Something like 40% of the American food budget is spent on meals away from home right now. So you were looking at the calorie content of meals in restaurants. Tell us exactly what you were studying. To look at how healthy restaurants are, people have blamed fast food for the obesity epidemic and for the, the lack of good health in Americans. And there's almost no information from research on what those restaurants are like if they don't report their calorie intake. So we were looking at the restaurants, the mom-and-pop restaurants, the Chinese restaurants, the Italian restaurants, where you can't see any calorie counts, and the results were pretty shocking. 92% of our meals had excess calories, and many of them had so many calories that they could be a whole day's worth of food, and you would still gain weight. And that doesn't even count beverages and appetizers and desserts. I know. We're struggling with dealing with our weight in America And in my opinion, I think restaurants are a big part of the problem today. Is there a particular type of restaurant that seemed to be worse than another, for example, Italian or Mexican or Chinese or maybe pizza places, whatever? Well, you know, they're all pretty terrible, but the top three most terrible are American, Chinese, and Italian. Why do they stand out so much? They stand out just because they have enormous portions. They have enormous portions. The average calorie content of just that one plate is nearly 1,500 calories, which for many people, especially women, that's a whole day's intake right there. Yeah, explain why is it such a specific concern for women? It's a real problem because, you know, we have this whole biology. It's just normal human biology that we want to finish our plate when there's a huge plate of food in front of us. It's nothing to do with willpower, and it's everything to do with biology. Our blood glucose falls so that we get hungry. Our stomach relaxes so that we have this huge stomach that needs a lot of food to fill it up. So our biology is designed to make us eat what's in front of us. So when portions are big... We eat more than we need, and that causes weight gain, it causes obesity, it causes all of the 
problems that we know about, the diabetes and the heart disease that come from too much weight gain. This sounds controversial, but I understand that you would like to see some new local ordinances that maybe would empower consumers. I absolutely would. And, you know, every single person I've talked to has said, oh, wow, that would be so amazing. So what we're proposing here is that there's some local ordinances or, you know, even state laws which allow people to go into any restaurant and order a half portion for a half price or a third portion for a third price. You know, I'm sure that restaurants will jump up and down and say, oh, no, that's too hard. But if it was the legal thing, everybody would be in the same boat. So nobody would suffer. And there would be many people like me who would be saying, oh, wow, that's fantastic. I'm going to eat out 10 times more because now I can get a portion of food I really want rather than trying to get the boring, healthy options. Now, isn't it possible that someone could essentially do the same thing by ordering off of a senior menu or a child menu? Well, the children's menus are usually pretty unhealthy things, you know, chicken nuggets, french fries and stuff like that. You know, and the senior menus are very large, too. Some people say, well, you know, you can go in and you can request them to box half a portion. But, you know, that requires quite a lot of willpower. And if you had the economic incentive to say, I would like a half portion for half price, it would make it easier. It would give consumers more choice, not less. You know, things like the soda tax died because it was taking away consumer choice. This is an opportunity that would actually increase consumer choices dramatically. And your study looked at all kinds of restaurants. I think most people would think, oh, fast food is the real culprit. But you looked even at individual local restaurants and found the same trend, right? We did. We looked at the local restaurants that do not have calorie counts. And, you know, the restaurants where there's more than 20 outlets have to report their calories. So we looked at the small ones that wouldn't come under that legislation. And we found that they were just as bad as fast food. They have enormous portions, far bigger than the human body needs. And you don't know that because there's no calorie count. Was there any specific thing? It sounds like there were a lot of surprises in this, but was there one big surprise in your study that really jumped out at you? One of them was that the variability is just enormous. You know, I mean, I have a PhD in nutrition. I'm a nutrition researcher. And I could not tell looking at these plates which ones had 2,000 calories and which ones had 1,000 calories because the calories are hidden. You know, that's the cheese, the oil, the butter. It's impossible really to tell how much a plate has. And, you know, that's why we need laws or something to make it easier for consumers to make sensible choices. Did your findings in this study actually change how often you eat out? (laughs) Well, I've known this for a long time. I have to say I was 50 pounds overweight about 20 years ago myself. And one of the reasons was because I was eating in Chinatown in downtown Boston where I work. And I actually measured the containers in my lab. And they came back at 1,500 calories. And I was shocked. And so at that time, it did have a dramatic influence on me. And it stopped me eating out as much. I love eating out. But when you can't get the foods that you want in the right portion sizes, that's really a deterrent. I'm going to ask this question in maybe a little different angle. These are such high-calorie foods. Would eating a sufficient amount of calories fill someone up because they're so densely packed with calories to start with? It's a good question. When you've got a portion size that's 2,000 calories, I think you could eat a third of that and most people would feel extremely satisfied. The trouble that we have right now is when you have that 2,000 calories on your plate, 
you're looking at the food, you're smelling the food. So you're getting all of these biological responses that increase your stomach size, keep your blood glucose low, and that makes you feel unsatisfied and it makes you eat more than you need. If the portion size was smaller of delicious food and you knew that that was what you were getting, you would feel more satisfied because when you got to the end of your plate, your biological responses would shut down so that would you know, kind of stop the hunger in its tracks. So what lessons can the average consumer learn from your study as they head out to a restaurant, aside from keep driving right on past and eat at home? Well, you know, the conventional advice that nutrition people give these days is don't eat out or eat out very frequently. My advice is start lobbying your local government to make some laws that allow you to do proportional pricing. It would change the world. In the meantime, things that I do, for example... When I go into a restaurant, first of all, I order the boring choices oftentimes with salad and grilled chicken and stuff like that. And then if you ask for the dressing on the side, the cheese on the side, the croutons on the side, you can just put some small amounts on top of your salad so that you have enough to improve the taste. And it's not the best solution, but it works. Interesting study and certainly very important. Dr. Susan Roberts from Tufts University. Is there any place online where people can learn more? We've actually got a place on the Tufts University site where it gives restaurants a place where they can calculate calorie intake for their meals. We're trying to encourage restaurants to be more proactive about calories, but there's some useful things on the site for consumers as well. All right, well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. You're welcome. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, those high-tech devices you love may be inviting hackers to attack. That story coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.